Hi, I'm Jonathan Pennington, and this is the Human Flourishing Podcast. This podcast is a repository of a wide variety of sermons, lectures, interviews, and other resources that I've recorded over the years. Today's episode is a sermon I preached at Sojourn East in Louisville, Kentucky. Well, good evening. You know, Christmas is such a beautiful and odd thing in our society. For committed, church-going Christians, Christmas is actually a deeply personal and theological reality. It's actually the second most important Christian holiday right after Easter. In fact, it's got the name of our Savior and our faith built right into it, Christ Mass. It's the, it's the celebration of the Christ coming into the world. But outside the church and in broader culture, People that have nothing to do with the church at all, Christmas is also very important and beautiful, not only for retail business and for UPS, but as really a sweet and beautiful and warm cultural season. For probably most people today in our society, the Christmas season and Christmas day don't really actually have much to do with the actual Christian Christmas at all. And you know what? That's okay. In this sense, that the goodness and the beauty of gift-giving, of families gathering together, of time off of work, of a a big meal and a celebration of singing, of watching Will Ferrell try to go up an escalator for the first time, all those things are good and beautiful things. In fact, all the goodness and beauty in the world and in culture come from the God who is the source of all goodness and beauty. This is what we call common grace. So even if the people partaking in the Christmas season don't know anything about Christianity or or really about the person of Jesus, it's still a good. It's still a common grace in society to celebrate these good Christmas time things. I mean, think about how horrible winter would be without Christmas. And maybe that's you here this evening. Maybe you came to Louisville to visit your kids or your parents, and here you are at a Christmas Eve service. Maybe you were dragged here. Maybe you just want to get back to the celebration at home. Maybe this is your once-a-year obligation uh, to fulfill, to come to church. Or maybe you're here with great faith and joy this evening. No matter what your situation is, you are welcome. We are glad you are here, and we hope this Christmas season is good for you. And when we think about Christmas, both in the church and outside, one of the main words we use to describe it on Christmas cards, at Target, in ads, is the word joy. And joy is a good word to talk about Christmas with. I mean, there's so much joy and expectation about presents, getting them, uh, kids getting them, and then as you get older, the joy of giving. I love giving presents to friends and family, very thoughtful presents. I love that. There's a lot of joy in there. And there's so much joy in getting to spend time with friends and family you haven't seen in a while. And one of the, one of the measures that I've found over the years of, of whether something is a really significant human experience is whether the Germans have a really long word for it. And they do. Verseichensfreude means the joy of, of being together with people that you love. And joy is also a crucial part of the Christmas story. In the second chapter of the Gospel of Luke, it tells us about a time when there was a regular unknown, non-famous 
young Jewish couple who were newlyweds. They were living under harsh Roman imperial rule 2,000 years ago. They have to travel to Bethlehem unexpectedly to be forced to be registered with the government for taxation purposes. The problem was lots of other people were in the same boat, and so that we got there, there were no regular accommodations for them. And then worst-case scenario could happen. The young woman, Mary, who was pregnant, she actually goes into labor in this situation. Now, none of that sounds at all joyful. But out in the fields of, of Beth, outside of Bethlehem, the place where the great King David had himself been a shepherd a thousand years earlier, all of a sudden something completely unexpected happens. And I want to read for you part of the story. We read the whole thing already, but I want to look at these verses for just a moment here. It says that, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. It's the opposite of joy. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And then suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and singing, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth to those whom his favor rests. So what, by all human accounts, is a very stressful and non-joyful situation is celebrated with this angelic choir because this event of the birth of a baby in this horrible timing was actually, according to the angels, according to God, the good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Why? Because this baby will be the means by which God brings peace. Shalom, flourishing to those upon whom God's favor rests, that is, all those who believe in Jesus. So joy is a crucial part of the Christmas story, and it turns out that Christianity and the whole Bible is very much a religion of joy. In the Old Testament, the Psalms are full of songs. Did you know that the heart of the Old Testament is a, is a song book full of lots of different kinds of songs, but especially ones overflowing with joy? When you turn to the New Testament and see Jesus, he's constantly talking about joy and about rejoicing, inviting us to give thanks and to find joy in good circumstances and in, midst, in the midst of trials and suffering and difficulties. Joy is even described as one of the fruits, one of the things that is manifested for anyone who has been filled with the Holy Spirit of God himself, that joy is the mark of a person who is a Christian. So joy is important in the Bible and the Christian faith, but it's also very elusive. And maybe particularly this year. I don't think many people would probably offer joy as the primary word for the year 2020. Maybe anger, frustration, disappointment, sadness. In fact, I think one of the best summaries of 2020 that I've seen is this picture. Maybe you've seen it as well. <laughs> Instead of joy, it's oi. Because 2020 is really not the year any of us expected. For me personally, 
2020, I remember so explicitly a year ago this time being very excited about 2020. My wife and I were both turning 50. Our kids are getting older and settled. I had a couple of books coming out. I had several trips scheduled. But the year did not turn out at all like I expected or like it did for you either. For many, the anticipated joy became oy. And each of you have your own story. Some of you lost loved ones. Some of you lost jobs. Probably most people's story of 2020 is like ours, very mixed. There's some really amazing new things that have happened, and there's also some loss and disappointment. As I was reflecting on that this week, it struck me that, you know, the year 2,000 plus years ago so that Mary and Joseph had was not the year that they expected either. An unexpected pregnancy before they got married, Mary turns up to be pregnant, and it's not Joseph's. Lots of shame, lots of fear associated with this. They have to take this arduous and expensive journey to another town for the census. She gives birth while on this trip, a total disruption of their plans and hopes and dreams for marriage. And then sometime after this, they're forced to leave their homeland and travel to a foreign country and live in Egypt because it turns out the king is going to try to kill their baby. It's not the year they expected. And yet, Mary rejoices. Joseph rejoices. The shepherds rejoice. Faithful people who were looking for God, like Simeon and Anna in Luke chapter 2, they rejoice. And down through the intervening centuries, billions of other people have rejoiced in Jesus, even in the midst of very difficult years. How can this be? Is Christian joy just some kind of escapism? Is it, is it denial? Is it self-delusion? No. Christmas and Christianity is very much about joy, true, lasting happiness, satisfaction, shalom, because it is not based on circumstances. Christian joy is not based on outward conditions. It's not based on situations that occur to us that are out of our control. But Christian joy is based on something deeper, truer, more true, and more beautiful. And that is that the reality that God is good and is good for us. And that is what faith is. Faith is the ability to see beyond the mere outward circumstances and situations, even horrible ones, to a deeper reality that God exists and that he is good and that he is good to us. Faith is not a blind leaping. It's not a denial of reality. That's a misunderstanding of what faith is. Faith is the ability to see beyond the surface reality to a truer and deeper one. And Christmas is such a beautiful picture of that because you have this picture of a helpless baby who's born in this horrible situation. All the other players in the story are the powerful ones, kings and the Caesar and the scholars and the priests in Jerusalem, these Mandalorian-like centurions. All these are the powerful ones. And yet the reality of Christmas is for those who have eyes to see then and now that the true king of the universe is born. That is what faith enables to see beyond what the circumstances look like. And so too for us. The reason we can have joy, whether 2020 was a good year for you or not, no matter what 2021 holds, joy is available through faith. 
through seeing through and beyond the outward circumstances that are full of tears and full of disappointments and not denying that reality, but seeing that God has come for us in Jesus Christ. So tonight is Christmas Eve. Tomorrow's Christmas. There's joy in the air, and it's also elusive. There's sadness, there's disappointment, there's fear, there's relational strife. Maybe you had a fight on the way here. There's depression, it's very real, there's anxiety. Not denying any of those realities, how do you find joy in the midst of this? Well, let me say this. If you're a Christian tonight, one for whom Christmas is not just a cultural thing, but it's the basis and foundation of your life, I just want to invite you, Jesus is inviting you into joy. And how do you do that? By slowing down, by paying attention, by stepping towards joy in the little things, by giving thanks by faith to God and to others. In fact, that act of giving thanks and recognizing something is good and beautiful often frees up our clogged up hearts to begin to know joy again. Use tomorrow and this week and the beginning of a new year to notice beautiful things that give joy. Some close friends who like to make fun of me because often when I'm doing things, I often say, way to go, humanity, because I, I like love a great story. I love a great invention. I love beautiful things. I love things in creation. I often think, way to go, humanity. And I want to encourage you, that's a good posture for the person of faith, to recognize even in the midst of pain and difficulty and suffering, joy can be found by looking for beauty that God has given us. And if you're not a Christian tonight, Christmas is just a cultural phenomenon. Again, we are very glad you are here. Those of us who are Christians, we are just regular people full of inconsistencies, full of regrets and struggles and joys and fears just like you are. Being a Christian isn't just for a certain personality type or it doesn't, what it means is that you've come to see something beyond than what you've seen before. And I want to say to you, Tonight, whenever you have tasted those moments of joy, those are echoes, those are clues, those are smelling the beautiful culinary creation going on in the kitchen. Those are invitations that there is something more. And whenever you've experienced disappointment and sadness, maybe even at Christmas time, those are clues and hints that you were made for something more. You were made for a joy that can only be found through Jesus Christ. And to every, everyone tonight, I just want to remind you that what joy does, the joy we're celebrating at Christmas, it gives freedom. Let me give you a quote from a great ancient theologian here. Thomas Aquinas says, no one can live without joy. That's why someone who's deprived of spiritual joys goes over to the carnal pleasures. In other words, we are designed for joy. And when we don't find it, We instead try to fill up that void with all types of other pleasures. And you know this. We try to fill it up with other pleasures that will eventually consume and destroy us. Seeking pleasures outside of God only brings addiction. Such that the alcoholic is not free to actually appreciate alcohol. The shopaholic is not free to appreciate shopping. The one who's desperate for relationships are not free to enjoy the relationships they have. Because without true joy... We try to turn everything into the source of joy that we long for, and it becomes addictions. But true life and freedom 
is found when the real thing, the deep and abiding joy that we long for is found through faith in Jesus Christ. And that joy frees us up to enjoy all the goodness of this life, including all the goodness and beauty of Christmas. And this joy is only found by listening to what the angel said, this will be the good news of great joy. I love how the Christmas carol, Joy to the World, describes it. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, because even heaven and nature are singing. So no matter where you find yourself in your state of life tonight, prepare him room. Your circumstances, your emotions will come and go like the tides of the ocean, but true, evergreen, and satisfying joy is available through Jesus, the baby born in Bethlehem. Let me pray for us. Thank you for listening to the Human Flourishing Podcast. To learn more or get in touch with me, visit my website, jonathanpennington.com.